debates, the great debates. And what? we've got a new season, so that means we have absolutely no time to waste. I've got four minutes on the clock here. I've got Steve Healy ready to take the pro topic. At least one foreign leader is already dead, but they're pretending he or she is still alive. I'm Steve Healy. I'm taking the pro. There's got to be, what, 180 roughly ballpark countries uh, with world leaders. Maybe 40 of them are so they have such a free media and such a intense scrutiny on them that they could never pull this off. But that leaves an awful lot of world leaders who could be dead at any given time. And look, let's look at history. It's happened in the past. The ancient Incas, like a mummy, ruled for a long time. And I think that could happen today because uh, there's a lot of incentive to stay in power once you're in power. If your family member or uh, the guy who was the dictator uh, dies without leaving a plan and you're either connected to him by some kind of patronage network or you're just worried about the civil unrest that's going to spark when the news gets out or her, then it would be worth your while to keep him alive and you could keep it hidden. There's plenty of places where they don't see the world leader. He only comes out on the national holiday. You get a lookalike. This has been a, they even made a movie about one of Saddam Hussein's lookalikes. It's a thing. It's a known thing. And uh, the odds just are that somebody is dead right now. Uh, I'm Dave King. I'm taking the con. Welcome back uh, to all of our listeners for this new season of The Great Debates. This is preposterous, and Healy knows it. His only example is the ancient Incas. And of course, sure, thousands of years ago, maybe you could have had a leader pass away and get away with pretending for a short while that, that that person wasn't dead. But in this day and age, it's basically impossible. As Healy said, the incentives to stay in power are enormous. So too are the incentives to come to power and the people who are wanting to access, call it the throne of a country or the seat of power, are going to be watching the person who's in charge. Everyone is, uh, all eyes are on that person. It's not very simple to just slink away into uh, death and then have like, who is going, who are the people who are going to be propping you up at once you're dead? It just doesn't work that way. It's not really possible. And by the way, if it were possible, we would have heard of instances in the last 20 or 30 years of someone who was like, well, actually it turned out they died six months ago, uh, but they're only announcing that person's death now. That's just simply never happened. And it's even going to only get harder and harder in this day and age where there's uh, where basically everyone has a camera phone in their pocket to uh, borrow a cliche. That's the end of my opening statement. And let's get into it. OK, call Dave's argument the watch the throne argument. Basically, there are too many eyeballs it's on one of my the president or whatever. However, you well, know, also like, the main argument is that, like, by the way, which should go without saying is that, like, most countries just have no reason to like lie about when their president dies. And so they just tell you the truth. Or there's like enough people that the president is surrounded by that there's they know they're not going to get away with lying about it. We're very blessed and lucky to live in a country that has more or less peaceful transitions of power. Well, only a few people were killed at our last uh, transition. It was, which is yes, low it was great. We're very, by world standards. <laughs> However, worldwide, worldwide, that's not the case. Like a guy dies and everything could just go completely to the pits. Uh, you, you could you have seen uh, violent struggles for succession all over the world. It's historical in Europe and uh, 
yeah, North America. We're in a historical like, glitch right now where it doesn't good happen. Reasons to have like but clear lines of succession gives, in place and like to, for it to be very clear who's in power and when they're in power. But it doesn't yes. mean that it's like easier to pretend that someone's dead than it is to just pass the torch to the next person. And in fact, in a lot of the it, places, like the, those things are so clearly set up in advance that it's not going to. It's not like there's a challenge or that there's like a reason to keep the person uh, or that like to say the. Like what incentive do the people around the? the you gotta re- bear in mind the spouse and maybe even the children. The like spouse. the children might have be more incentivized well, to take over, often, but the spouse often. And this happened in the U.S. He didn't die, but Woodrow Wilson was incapacitated, and mm-hmm. his spouse ran the it was show more for than a long time. Years ago, yeah. Trump or Woodrow Oof. Wilson as a cop. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. So when 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 we consider one of these debates, really there's a suspension of disbelief that we have to begin with, right? And then we have to take each argument on the merits. Because it does <laughs> <laughs> to me feel objectively impossible that, <laughs> that this would occur. Uh, but, um, uh, I, I, th- I like Dave's argument about the sort of like game of Thrones aspect of it, that people mm. are, are sort of the, the next person in line in this situation is sure to be, um, wanting to make public the idea that the person's dead. So I, I'm going with Dave for that reason. Thank you so much. Uh, you know what? That's a, your decision. A fair and just start. Man, you don't think like Raul Castro like kept it going? <laughs> what? It's totally true. It's totally true. Suggesting oh, that Raul Castro maybe no, kept. No, in fact, there yeah, were like he kept Fidel. Fact, just, was picked the, the right moment. There were yeah. constant rumors of his of Fidel's premature death. If anything, people uh-huh. believed that, that Fidel was dead before he was actually dead. Right. Yeah, maybe he was, is what I'm saying. Maybe he was, you're saying maybe this he might was be a case of a guy hiding it. Dead? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Hiding the ball. Um, right, okay. Well, maybe. I don't think so, but. I don't think there's one now, but it'd be, it's fun to think about. Oh, it'd be great. Whew, okay, are we in host chat or are we still. Sure, whatever, man. We're tailing. Just I, think we're I think we're there. I think we're in. Yeah. It's yeah. been a while. I'm, oh, I didn't check. When was our last one? A uh, couple, some historian will know. Oh, oh, debate? It yeah. was earlier. It was before the summer. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So much. Yeah, it was right like around this. the beginning of long June. We can't cover it all. No. I don't think that much has happened. We, it's been a while. What? Healy, one highlight in the second half of 22. I spent a week in Memphis, Tennessee, and thereabouts, like driving around uh, the American South and enjoying oh. uh, some of the culture there. What Thank a treat. You. What did you take in there besides the obvious? I was in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. I was <sighs> in uh, Shiloh Battlefield. Uh, secret surprise winner, Corinth, Mississippi. If you have opportunity really? to go there to the Corinth, Mississippi. Somebody, uh, my suspicion is like some southern senator snuck it into a pork barrel uh, federal bill. But they've built an incredible, beautiful uh, Civil War interpretive museum in this random town in Mississippi and the, the national park people there are on point. And uh-huh. here's a detail. 
I went in, I asked the national parks guy, he's a ranger in uniform. I was like, where I love the museum. Thank you. Where can I, uh, first he, he was like, uh, I was kind of in a hurry and he's like, should I see the movie? The movie's 28 minutes long. And he's like, you should see the movie. And the movie is very good <laughs> and extremely important. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, where should I have lunch? And he's like, well, because of favoritism, I cannot recommend a restaurant. I can, mm-hmm. however, tell you about restaurants that are popular. And I was like, okay, cool. What's the most popular restaurant? What? The Rib Shack. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the what? What's it called? The Rib Shack. The Rib Shack. And? I'm, A plus. A plus ribs what? at the Rib Shack. Yeah. What, this guy was so weird. What did he mean because of favoritism? He you felt can, like a park ranger in uniform shouldn't recommend a restaurant. He could right. give me he information, his, but... Is that like part of role, the park ranger seriously? pledge that you're not supposed to... Like, <laughs> Favor I think if you're serious about trying to represent his country, yeah, he was taking it too seriously. If you ask me, (laughs) I think our listeners should know that. What you want from park rangers? No, taking it very seriously. No, (laughs) (laughs) not at all. I want them to be like cool and like show me where to have fun and stuff. Oh Um, yeah, in your world, Yogi Bear is just grabbing picnic baskets left and right. It's no problem. Yogi (laughs) Bear. He's not in my world, man. He's not real. Um, I just, I do think we need to issue a small caveat that, like, Healy's dream vacation may differ wildly from the average listeners. And right. You may not want to, like, plan a trip around Corinth, Mississippi if, like, interactive <laughs> Civil War experiences are not your jam. It's not interactive. You sit there and watch a the movie. The movie may not be right for all listeners. Right. That's Some true. of you that's might want to skip the movie. <laughs> I can't think, this- by the way, that stuff is that stuff drives me crazy. Like, aren't those can't they just put those on YouTube now and be like, hey, if you want, watch this later. Like, why am I taking time out of my day at the museum to watch a movie? That That's, is, a That's a good point. Twenty-eight minutes is a long time to sit in one That's of those. Like it's on a hard bench. Exactly. People are yes, coming in and benches. out. Okay, the Corinth Mississippi <laughs> Movie Theater, the most beautiful movie theater I've been no to. No way. Yes, <laughs> it's immaculate. The seats are. I mean, it's brand new. Like no one. And as you guys point out, not too many. It's not <laughs> overrun with crowds. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, any UNESCO heritage sites, Healy? Oh, uh, this is every time I've been on a trip with come uh, back to me on that. He likes to, uh, uh, he'll go out of his way to take off another UNESCO World Heritage. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) are there is the concentration of UNESCO uh, heritage sites, uh, in the United States equal to that in, say, Europe, Middle East, uh, Asia, um, or would you say there's a lower concentration in the new world here? I don't want to waste all of host chat talking about this, but there, <laughs> there's a bit of corruption, I think, in UNESCO, and they kind of uh-huh. overdo it on uh, the third world, basically. And also, like, right. there's there's some pretty stringent requirements why you might or might not want to have your thing one. Like, Healy. you can't rebuild anything once you are one, for instance. This is your calling, man. You've got to run for what? president of UNESCO World Heritage Sites. Oh, I, I've got that in my site. Yeah, I want oh, to be yes. a U.S. ambassador to UNESCO. Is yes. That, like, who yeah. is the, do you know who the current guy is? Or like, how? Uh, we don't. Uh, last, last I checked, we don't have one because oh the U.S. has been... We've been refusing you know, to pay our. Well, we've been, we haven't been paying our dues to UNESCO. <laughs> to UNESCO? Yeah. Oh, How wow. much is it? I don't know, like six hundred million dollars. But all the okay. screeners, we're missing out on all the screeners <laughs> that UNESCO sends us. 
Um, that's a bummer, man. Okay, yeah. well, I think that we got to convince the U.S. to pay their dues and then get you in there as the new Thank um, you. <laughs> ambassador. I or think just I'd the do president well. of the whole thing. The office is in Paris, too, which is not so Oh, bad. my God. That's you fine. That's very this. nice. Yeah. You can do that. Okay, sorry, Dave. Highlight of twenty uh, second half of twenty twenty. Oh, um, I mean, I went to Italy. That was great. You know, what? <laughs> okay. that's a good time. What wow. you did that? I think I know, but it's just like you know, top score in Mississippi. You mean all admit? Um, maybe it was. I mean, I bet <laughs> you know we had a we had a blast, and it was. Uh, but it's also just like it's Italy. There's not much to. I don't have anything interesting to say about it that people haven't said before. The way you're able to back poetically <laughs> about the current civil war, the comfort of the current civil war. Movie. <laughs> I don't know. It was like yeah, they're really good. Uh, Aperol spritzes or whatever. <laughs> um, and you were there before were White Lotus. We should know. Olives. Yeah, yeah oh, I olives. got there before the Lotus. Yeah, good. I got there before, before the, Lotus. the Lotus Rush. <laughs> um, someone pointed out recently that White Lotus, this one I think it was uh, Yang who pointed this out, that White Lotus, that he, Mike White's name is in White Lotus. Is that pure Ooh, coincidence or is that's that great? Too? Good point out. Is that subconscious well putting his name out there or conscious or is it, what do you think? I think good for him either way. Yeah. Okay. I think it's probably, I don't know. Cool coincidence. Also yeah, cool, cool coincidence. plant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Medina highlight. Do... What was your highlight? Oh yeah. Medina. Oh, I mean, certainly the time that we spent in down East Maine. Oh man. I love Medina. Which, Maine Medina is Maine, so Medina. Right. Maine is my not it's a my combo Maine. I would have thought of, but there you go. I know it was. I had never been there my whole life, and it was fantastic. I don't know for all the Mainers out there. I don't even know if you call them Mainers, the folks who live in Maine who listen to mm. uh, the pod. I, what a great place you have there. I, I had a wonderful time. My kids had a wonderful time. It was like, today's the beach. Then it's the <laughs> lily pond. Tomorrow. Yes. At both day. Are we going to have ice cream today? Yeah. Are we going to have ice cream tomorrow? Yes. Yes. What about the next day? Let's do ice cream again. <laughs> and how about a lobster roll? I'll oh. have another, yet another lobster, <laughs> another lobster roll. roll. Sure. Would you like to do another lobster boil, even though we did one last week? Yeah, I'll do it. We'll do it. Right Let's do it. Yeah. It's a great life, I got to tell you. No, they got anyway. something figured out up there. Shout out to the Pine Yeah, Tree I'm looking State. to go back. So Yeah. If you're a yeah. main listener, hit us up. We would like to uh Yeah, we'd like to hear from you. Why? Get, a, celebrate you. B, get your hot tips uh, for next year. Oh, know? okay. If you have a hot tip for Medina, that's a good reason, too. Otherwise, I'm not I'm not in favor of listener interaction. I don't understand <laughs> what we're really getting out of it. It's always like, hey, if you... Email us. What for? What <laughs> to what end? <laughs> we're doing. We're fine on our own. I mean, I, I have too it. many. I do have too many emails. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here I am soliciting email emails. <laughs> but hey, I like I like knowing it's out there and yes, and sure. we appreciate no, it's it. great. We love the listeners. <laughs> um, let's give another debate. What do you think? That's what they want. I've got another topic. If we're ready to. Get back into it. Yeah, man. Hit me. Um, guess what? Healy's going to take the pro. Oh. Okay. And here it is. A sad birthday 
is worse than a sad Christmas. Wow. Okay. I'm Steve Healy and I'm taking the pro. I guess this is more life affirming. We'll see. A sad birthday is uh, definitely felt alone because you're alone in that experience. Only for you is it your birthday. There might be other people who have the same birthday. Maybe even know one of them. Odds are you probably do. But you're not going to be feeling it the same way. This is a day of disappointment for you. And the worst feeling of all is loneliness. Now, a sad Christmas could be lonely too. Don't get me wrong. But you sort of have the comfort in knowing that a lot of people have a sad Christmas. A lot of Christmas songs are tinged with melancholy. And the idea of sadness is baked into Christmas a little bit. And you can know, even while your Christmas is sad, that uh, it's going to, you know, there's there's something. You're part of a community. And that brings you in a little bit. Also, maybe you're Jewish and you don't care. So that's why I think a sad birthday is worse than a sad Christmas. Well, let's right off the bat, let's just start off with just because you're Jewish doesn't mean if you're if you're Jewish and you're having a sad Christmas, it doesn't mean you maybe don't care about it, but you're still sad. You may not care about the like sort of celebration of the holiday itself but a sad christmas is yeah. a sad christmas regardless of who you are or what your denomination may be yeah but it but might just be the same as a sad tuesday sorry go ahead opening uh i suppose that's true but here's some reasons why a sad christmas is worse than a sad birthday the main reason is the time of year and what's going on it's cold uh in a lot of parts of the country there's not much else going on you're off. So like you're away from work. Usually you're away. Oftentimes, like you're you're not with the people who you're usually surrounded by in life. You may be with your family when you don't want to be with your family. If you're having a sad Christmas, you're not like you're usually not in your usual bubble and you don't have your sort of daily life to get you out of whatever sadness you may have had. If you had a birthday, if your birthday is whatever it is, March 15th, then you go back to work on March 16th and whatever. Like I had a bad day yesterday. Christmas, you got a week at least before you're going back to work. Again, it's often cold. The idea, by the way, that like a, that there's like a melancholy aspect of Christmas and that there's, you know, whatever movies or songs about sad Christmas, totally true. That doesn't make it any less sad if anything like th that doesn't i don't think bring someone comfort just because um they know that other people may be having a sad christmas that tends not to make people uh less sad if anything i think they're like oh i'm one of the people who's having a sad christmas this is a phenomenon that i i knew it might happen and now it's happening and i'm participating in it i think that might actually make the depths of your sadness feel more compounded than having a sad birthday where it might feel more like boy this is weird like I had my whatever it was, 31st birthday, and I just was like depressed the whole day. I don't know why exactly. And whereas if it's your Christmas, it's like there's got to be more things going wrong for it to be a sad day than if it's your birthday. That's the end of my opening statement. Okay, let me put away, first of all, the idea that the sadness, the, the fact that there's a whole art to the sadness of Christmas makes it less sad. It's like how hearing the blues, you know, it, it makes you feel better when you're feeling sad. It's a comfort music. And all of Christmas is a comfort music for the sad and sorrowful because there is sadness as part of it. There's joy to the world, too. But, like, if you put on Christmas radio, like, you're going to hear some, like deep melancholy cuts and that's because sadness is baked into christmas and so we got that but allow me to take 
that to the next anytime I'm bigger ready. point i think yeah, please and Go i'm ahead. being careful here because i don't want to uh, mock serious clinical depression which i think okay. is something bigger than sadness but sure if you're okay. sad on your Fair birthday enough. it's your it's your fault you fucked up somehow it might not be a hundred percent your fault something might have gone really wrong for you or you got dumped or something however it's your birthday if you can't figure out something to cheer yourself up that's a little bit on you christmas is uh, for a lot of people it's a prison even people who are pretty well actualized they just they have to go see grandma they have to go see their mom and dad they have to go see the cousins it's just obligatory christmas comes with duties your birthday really doesn't so if you're your birthday that's on you but first of all like there's obviously like circumstances beyond your control that may make you sad on your birthday it's not necessarily your fault that you have a sad birthday maybe you get dumped on your birthday maybe you um, get in a car accident on your birthday that's not your fault unless you were at fault in the car accident or something also like whoever's fault it is i don't think necessarily makes the sadness better or worse i don't like if i'm super sad i'm not more sad if it's my fault and if it's someone else's fault like i've been just as sad like is it are you sadder when you break up with someone or when someone breaks up with you like they're they equally i don't know or maybe not equally but it often depends on the person they're both sad like the fault here is not the question the question is which is worse and I think being sad on Christmas is worse because you have a longer time. Uh, there's a longer runway for you to like get out of the sadness. Now, by the way, you're looking at New Year's. Who am I going to kiss on New Year's? You got another problem in your uh, coming down a problem the pipe. or a, a lifeline or a way out. Yeah, ask, ask a sad person on Christmas if they're looking forward to New Year's. They're going to be like, no, I'm bummed out. I don't want another and, fucking holiday. I just got bummed out on enough, Christmas of all days. You can change your life dramatically in the six days between Christmas and New Year. That's a big opportunity. Well, of course, you can change and your so life Christmas, dramatically in the six days after your birthday. But like, most I know, but don't. it's not going to be and we're very not easy, talking so. about like, do you change your life or not? We're talking about which the one is The days worse. after your birthday are well, not the days You know what it really do comes that. down to, Healy, is like, would you rather be sad on your birthday or would you rather be sad on Christmas? I'd much rather be sad on my birthday because i know that oh, i'm not it's no. not december 25th and it's not cold and i'm not like i don't have to like take a i don't have to fly from like logan airport to lax in two days when it's going to be crowded and i've got my winter coat on and then now i'm hot on the plane but then i'm cold when i land and it sucks and it's uh, expensive and everybody's like you're it, it, that time of year is not pleasant if you're sad it's I think you sort the, of just walked me. into a good argument for me, which is like, yeah, I, I'm going to make this my closing argument. If you're sad on Christmas, you're participating in Christmas. It comes with the territory of not Christmas. It happens sometimes. You might, you it's part of the business of Christmas. If you're sad Christmas. on your birthday, that's just a bummer. You're just sad on your birthday. You lost a birthday and it's too bad and that's sad. But sad on Christmas is like a vibe and you can live in that vibe <laughs> and get so you can even get pleasure out of it. So my conclusion is that it's way better to be sad on Christmas. Okay, but I don't think that just whether it's a vibe or not, I don't think that makes it better than being sad on your birthday. I've sort of <laughs> lost track of what we're even arguing here. Uh, I guess, like, <laughs> is it better or worse to be a vibe when you're sad? I don't know. I don't think that's relevant. Um, when I picture my, I mean, look, my birthday is in early June. I'd much rather be sad on my birthday on a random day in early June where I know, like, at least the next day the sun is going to be out i could go back to work i'm i'm probably like near my friends who are like my probably my best lifeline to make me not be sad whereas on christmas i'm probably not surrounded by my friends because either i'm home or they're home and by home i mean like where one's family is from and that makes it harder to get yourself out of the sadness and end of my closing statement 
I, I'm going with sad on Christmas is a vibe. <laughs> I, I, I think that was a you good. Mean, okay, you're going with Healy for that. Healy. I'm going with Healy. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I making... think. And here's why. It's it, by the way, Dave, you did a great job. It was oh, neck and neck there. Yeah. You know, like this is these are very clearly like both sad, potentially sad days, but. Sad on the birthday is not a vibe, you know. Sad no. on Christmas kind kind of is. It's true. And I know I accused Healy of being a sore loser earlier, but I do have to ask, did we ever nail down what are the appeals process is for these movies? <laughs> like, I would like to take this to a higher level. Well, now level. all of a sudden the listeners <laughs> email, not so, yeah, uh, yeah. Not so desirable. <laughs> Listen, you just told you them they were idiots. <laughs> if you disagree with the moderator Medina... Uh, no, Bear in mind, I listeners, I love your emails and treasure each one. <laughs> well, I think that there is something. I mean, I know what you're saying. Like, there is something seductive about being sad on Christmas, right? It's like, yeah, you it's, almost want to be. Sad you almost want it, right? I mean, Ooh. come on. <laughs> you want to put on that new sweater and it just doesn't feel right, even Ooh, though it's yeah. a great gift. And it's just like, hon, what's wrong? <laughs> no, it, I'm fine. You know, just I, I miss grand this time of year, whatever, it, you know, like, man, it's right. And yeah. some moment of like times begone and times of the past mm. lingers over Christmas in a big way. Maybe your birthday too, but mm. interesting. I thought if you don't take if you don't get in a cold walk where you're thinking about. Sorry, go ahead. Dave. Well, I was just going to say, I think something, as we like to say, that you left on the table here was that like uh-huh. if you're sad on your birthday, that there's a good chance that it's a more like existential sadness and that you're thinking Ooh, about like wow, getting older that and dying good. where, yeah, that is okay. good. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. But you didn't say it. <laughs> but Should I we award lost. a award, a, <laughs> a, an award called like the table scraps for like, oh, um, that's great. Somebody yeah. wins, yeah. but they, the left, doggy just, bag they or left something really good on the table. Yeah. <laughs> the doggy, well, <laughs> it's a failed doggy bag. Like he didn't take a dog. Right. Bag. Right. It's like the um it's like what the bus boys eat or something. Bus boys dinner. (laughs) It's called bus boys dinner. (laughs) I'm liking table scraps. Table table scraps is good. Table scraps. So host chat is always after the micro debate. Table scraps (laughs) are at the end of the show. What was left on the table? Yeah, that'll that's good for the new season. Yeah. It's good to have more terms. Good well, stuff. guys, how did we do on our first uh, go round back? That was did great, it feel man. good? I, it, it, it feels felt good really to good, be yeah. right back in the pocket there. Yeah, mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. I got us. I mean, this I'm praising myself, but also Dave. But I think we're operating at a high level of debate. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't feel too rusty there. Sometimes it takes a <laughs> while to shake off the cobwebs. Yeah. No, we really got right into it. I appreciate it. I enjoyed it. I I um, had some laughs and I yeah. learned some things. Um, okay, guys. Well, I think that's about going to wrap us up here. And we will see you again very soon here on The Great Debates. If you'd like to um, write to us, it's greatdebate69 at gmail.com. Uh, connect with us. Tell us what you think. Let us know if I was wrong about any of the calls and if you have some good points to add. Uh, and, and lobster rolls would love yeah. uh, lobster to roll hear your emails. And yes, main lobster roll tips, please. Okay, oh, and if we'll we have anybody in Corinth, soon. Mississippi, give us the inside story. Oh, yeah. For sure.
<laughs> okay, guys, we'll see you very soon again on the Great Debates. Bye bye. The Great Debates is produced by Mark Caricello. The theme song was composed by Christopher Knight. The debaters are Steve Healy and Dave King, and the podcast is moderated by Dan Medina. Kiss me hard before you go. Summertime silence.